All right, we got quite a night tonight. Say with your mouth, we're going to have a good time tonight. Now, if you were here for the prayer meeting, the Spirit of God was moving very strong in here, and it was awesome, and, and I had already had this desire in my heart to um, do something on prayer, and, and so m- this is going to be my number one goal for a while. We're going to turn this church into a praying church. Because, and, and, and I want more than the ladies and, and the men that come on Monday night to do the praying. And what I'm going to do is we're going to start teaching you how to do it. But I'm going to tell you, you don't learn sitting, you learn doing. Amen. And I'm go, so I'm going to teach you, but I'm also going to motivate you to do a lot more praying than you have been doing. And the way I'm going to do that is to give you some truth. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to read out of the Kenyans book on prayer. And I'm going to read something that I read years ago and I marked it in orange, green, and yellow so I would never not be able to find it in my book. I got a new book the other day and I couldn't find anything in it. Did anybody else in here do that? I mean, I'm like... If I, if I don't have a highlighter, I can't read. Thank you all. So we're going to talk about prayer, and I'm, I'm, this is my confession. This is going to be the prayingest church in Central Florida. And I'm talking about the people. You can get more done. You, as a person, can get more done than you're doing. God is waiting on you to come to him and bring requests. All right, now, we're going to get into this. I want, so I want to read what prayer is, E.W. Kenyon, and don't ask me what page because it's different. Your business is to find your place and fill it. Until you do, you will pay a price. I want you to know, my brother my sister, the price you pay for staying out of the will of God is very expensive. You may pay it with sickness, loss of money, unhappiness to your loved one. And you can't be protected, cared for, as long as you're standing outside of the Lord's will for you. Take your place. Give yourself to meditation, prayer, and study the Word. Don't allow anything to stand in your way of finding your place. Life does not mean much outside of His will. The big thing in life is to be in the will of your Father. You say, well, I was never called to give myself to a life of prayer. No. You may not have been set aside by the Spirit for a special ministry of prayer. But I think it would be wise for you to spend enough time in prayer to get acquainted with your Father. There's only two ways of getting acquainted with Him, through the Word and by prayer. If you don't take time to pray, you will lose out. You can't say you have no responsibility in the prayer life. Yes, you do. To see a need is to have a call to prayer. There are people who will be utterly lost unless you take your place. Now, I'm going to stop right there because I want, to, I want to make a statement to you. Mary Fran made a statement. She says, prayer is the track you run on. No prayer, no track, you're stuck. John Wesley said, it seems as though God can do nothing, but someone asked him why that is, I don't know. Now, denominational Christianity, and you hear me say this a lot, has all but destroyed the church. The doctrine of God has everything in control, has made people lazy. Well, God's got it. 
Well, if you don't pray, he does not. As a matter of fact, for me to say that he can't answer a prayer you don't ask would, would kick, get me kicked out of some churches. But the truth is, he's only working in your life to the degree you're praying. Now, I'm not talking about the prayer of faith that we talk about in this church so much. We're talking about whatever you desire. When you believe, you receive, you have, Mark 11, 23 and 24. I'm talking about a prayer life where you're dealing with the forces of darkness that are around you and the evil that is in the world around your family and friends that they do not know and cannot do a thing about unless someone sets them free in prayer, and that would be you. If you are not setting them free, they're not free, they will never be free, and very well may end up in hell on your time clock. Now, does that mean you're responsible for everyone? It does not. Does it mean you're responsible for some? Yes, it does. And I think that we need to come back as a church, and I'm going to use a word here, to the fact that God has placed more responsibility on us than we have opened up our Bible and allowed him to speak into our life. Go into all the world. What percentage of people do you believe? that? How many, what percentage of people do you think in the body of Christ actually have ever led anybody to the Lord? One percent, pretty good. Anybody else got them? Five, three, three percent, six percent tithe. Folks, three percent, three percent of the people in America that have sat under the word of God for years and years and years, never, only three percent have ever even led one person to Jesus. I'm going to say to you, this will change. And I'm not talking about making converts. So what's the difference? I'm going to tell you what the difference is. Years ago and back in the early 1900s, preachers preached, come to Jesus so you don't go to hell. Nothing wrong with that. People got saved. They started thinking that might be too much condemnation, so they started preaching, come to Jesus so you can go to heaven. That's a lot more positive. But both of them are not complete. The reason you come to Jesus is to be like him and walk with God. That is, the, that is the reason he came, to make a family that we again walk with God as Adam did. And in that walking with God, we love God and people. And loving people means reaching out to people who are in the same mess you were in and you reach out to them. So loving God and loving people. And he said, if you follow me, I'll make you a fisher of men, which means somebody's not following. Going to church is not making you a follower of Jesus. This will change. Amen. So the way we do this is through prayer. Now let me finish my, my reading, and I know you're excited because I believe you are. You can't plead you have too much work to do. You can pray while you work. You can't put the plea you don't know how. You could learn if you wanted to. 
You can, for you to disobey the prayer call is to disobey the, disobey the call of your father. The prayer responsibility today is the most important thing in your life. You realize there are men and women who are defeated and breaking down in their businesses, home, spiritual life, because we have not prayed? Well, let me change it, because you haven't prayed. You have been occupied with pleasures, dreams, men and women staggering under the burdens you should have carried or breaking down. Oh, God, have mercy on us. As you read this, or hear me read this, do not read it simply to awaken you for the moment. Let prayer become like eating. It becomes a business of your home. If you're a mother or wife and live at home, there are certain duties you perform every day for your family. The greatest duty you'll ever perform for your family is the prayer duty. It may be that it's no longer a privilege. You threw the privilege away. You ignored it. And now it's a stern duty. You need to go back to your prayer closet and begin anew your fellowship with God. Do it for the sake of your family, the boys and the girls, for the sake of your home and your church, and God will honor you. Children are growing up in Christian homes without the restraining power of God over their lives. The reason is apparent. Mothers and fathers have failed in their responsibility in their prayer life. I call on you, men and women, who yourselves are to blame for the crime the lawlessness of our youth in this generation. Go and ask God to forgive you and take your responsibility and do it now. Amen. Say amen. That, that's, that's, that's quite the writing. I've never seen him get so bold. Okay. Um, let me see. There's one more. The failure of all Christian enterprise is a prayer failure. Prayer alone gives success. And then he goes into many kinds of prayers. Nothing in your life will ever take the place of prayer. Every believer should go into the school of prayer with Christ and learn the secret of prayer, the precious ministry of intercession. You cannot spend any length of time in prayer without being affected by it. The quietness, the unshaken faith, the unsounding peace that pervades the Godhead will overflow into your life. Say amen. amen. That is a powerful book, is it not? Um, so I want to talk to you about a type of prayer that we don't do much. I've never preached on this subject in my entire life. I want to talk about praying through, so go to Daniel chapter 9. I want to talk about what it means to pray through. Old line Pentecostals used to use a term called praying through. Now, what do I mean by that? Here's where the church missed it. Brother Hagin said, it seems as though we either get in a ditch on one side or we get a ditch on the other. Rarely do we ever stay in the middle of the road. Early Pentecostal churches had prayer meetings like, I mean, they came and prayed like all night long. They had prayer meetings. When Brother Hagin started traveling to Pentecostal churches, they were using the prayer of intercession to get filled with the Holy Ghost prayer of intercession to be born again. The prayer of, in other words, they prayed for days, weeks, and months to get filled. 
Brother Hagin had to come along and get into that Pentecostal circle and say, There's, that is a legitimate prayer for you to pray for your loved ones, pray for other people. But when it comes to you, Whatever you desire, when you pray, you believe, you receive. He said, you can re receive by faith. I was in Venezuela, and I went to a church, and the pastor looked at me and said, nobody in this church will get filled with the Holy Ghost unless they pray nine months, because that's how long it took me to get filled with the Spirit. And I looked at him, and I said, before I leave... Everybody in your church will be filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking in tongues. And he said, I don't believe you. And, and it happened. He left, well, pride's an ugly thing. But, but nonetheless, I couldn't leave the people like they were. Thank God we have learned how to receive what Jesus did for us. Now, what happened now, we are now full circle we are now using the prayer of faith for everything. Heavenly Father, I'm believing for old Joe to come to Jesus in the name of Jesus. Amen. Glory to God. And Heavenly Father, I'm receiving, the, I'm receiving revelation for old Barbara over there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. And for Sue in the name of Jesus. Amen. And we pray about five minutes and we got it. That's it. I'll never pray again. Glory to God. That don't work. Now you're trying to take the prayer of faith that we finally learned how to use and use it for everything. To get anybody to pray an hour would be like, what for? God already knows what we need. Go back to what Wesley said. Seems as though God can do nothing. God is only moving in your life to the degree you've prayed. Only. Your kids are as ignorant as your prayers. Your wife, don't know squat if you aren't praying. Now, we're going to have to get to the place where you and I are going to pray for other people. But there comes a time they will walk through those doors and they will sit and they will learn to do their own praying. Because we're not going to constantly carry the load of people coming in and going, would you pray for me? I don't feel good. You've been saved 35 years? No. Get up here, do your own praying. I'll get in agreement with you. And if you die, we'll do a free funeral for you. Glory to God. I'm not trying to be mean or nothing. I'm just, I'm just telling you that we have thrown all responsibility over on the evangelist and somebody to do all of our praying. Well, pastor, I just don't understand. I prayed in tongues over my children for 35 minutes one day and it didn't do a thing. You might want to try about 35 hours over your kids. Never mind. Boy, it got real quiet. All right. So we're going to talk about what it means to pray through. And, and why is that? Now, I've got to, oh, Lord, have mercy. I've got to get in this one now. I've got to read this book now. So just, just bear with me a moment before I get in this to explain why I'm doing what I'm doing. Because when I'm done, y'all are going to be awesome. Okay, page 31, page 31. Brother Hagen in this book on prayer. We are certainly facing great need everywhere. Men are dying for the need of Christ. The sick need healing. The weak need strength. What is our part of this mighty prayer life? 
Are you doing what he wants you to do? Is your life right with God? Does your heart condemn you? If, if so, get right and get right right now. Thank God that don't take long. He said, if you confess your sins, faithful and forgive your sins, cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And whatever it is you're praying about, fight it out in prayer. Now listen, what a strange thing. Fight it. Where, why are we, fight the good fight of faith. The weapons of your warfare are not carnal. Who in the Sam Hill are you fighting? Well, it isn't God. But are you in a fight? If you've ever had an apathetic day, you're in a fight. If you've had a day where you've lost your joy, you're in a fight. If you've had a day where sickness tried to come on you and doubt and unbelief hits you in the head and tried to knock you out of the saddle, you're in a fight. And unless you stand up and do something and get in the presence of God and pray and deal with this demonic onslaught, it will continue in your life. And then after you've done getting yourself free, you might want to start praying for all the people in your family that need prayer because they're not obeying God either. All right, let me finish reading it. Prayer means fighting, but not with God. You're not wrestling with God. God already gave you the promise. It is demons that are trying to keep your answer from coming through. And they're not going to quit because you prayed two minutes. Okay, let me, let, me, let me just get excited here a little bit. God wants to send you the answer. This is spiritual warfare against the coast of darkness. The Bible says, Ephesians 6, 12, you're not wrestling flesh and blood, but you are wrestling. Okay, you ever had a bad day? You ever had a day where you're like, oh, what is happening? I mean, it's all, I mean, and people are after you and people lie about you and people talk about you and then and then, then all of a sudden you're having battles in your own soul and your own mind and then next thing you know, you're thinking, I don't have any faith and, 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 and I've cooled off and I don't, you're, you're in a fight, honey, you're in a fight. Amen. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm gonna tell on myself. I really did like the Rocky movies. And I, I know some of y'all don't understand the thing I said. So, men, when you get home, explain to your wife what I said. But there was a time there that Rocky was number one. I mean, man, you just, and he, you know, I don't know why he always had to get hit about 100 times before he ever woke up, but he did. I guess from being from the Bronx. People up there slow. But he'd always come back swinging and win, and he was dun dun da dun dun da dun 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 whatever that. And it, but 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 by the time he be, got the the belt and became number one, all he wanted to do was take pictures and and uh, interview. They interviewed him, and then his opponents in the gym, working out to kill him. And then he goes in the ring with him, and he loses the fight. Because he did not take his opponent serious. You and I, you and I must take our opponent serious. You have a devil wanting to take you to hell and your family with him. If you don't do something, and I don't mean it's hard, it's not hard, but it's necessary. 
You have all of the power you need. You have God the Holy Ghost in you. You have the life of God on the end. You have the mind of Christ. You have the Word of God. You have the anointing. And the only reason it's not working is because you're not working it. But you, God does not help you pray when you're not praying. He only helps you with your prayer life. Outside of your prayer life, he don't have one. Thank you. I'm just getting started. I hadn't even got started on my sermon yet. I hadn't even read my scripture yet. So y'all just hold on. Demons are trying to keep the answer from coming to you. Going to church, I love y'all. You can go to church till hell freezes over and be and lose. I thank you for showing up. But when you leave here, find a prayer closet. Get a prayer habit. Okay. This is spiritual warfare against the host of darkness. The Bible says you're not wrestling against the Get down before the mighty one and fight your way through the host of demons who will hinder your prayer. If you, you have weapons with which to fight the devil, you've got the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The devil, the host of darkness, cannot stand before the name of Jesus and the word of God. You can defeat the devil every single time. There is no use you doubting it. Jesus said it is written and it still works. Are y'all okay? I mean, I'm finished reading Brother Hagin now. Book two down. I got one, I got two more books. All right. Go to the book of Daniel. Let's talk about a different kind of praying. Daniel 9-1. The first year of Darius, the son of, help me, Mel, that guy, the lineage of the Medes who was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his realm, I, Daniel, understood by the books the number of years specified by the word of God through Jeremiah that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolation of Jerusalem. And I set my face toward the Lord to make requests by prayer and supplication, fasting, sackcloth, and ashes. Hold it right now. Stop. He's reading his Bible. He's reading the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah said they will be in captivity 70 years. And he's been 70 years and they're still in captivity. Why? Because nobody got the Bible out and took it and read it to God. Are y'all out there? You go home. Just because something's in the Bible does not mean it's going to come to you. You want me to prove it? How many people you know that aren't born again? And I can show you it's in the Bible. Amen. He died for you, rose from the dead, sat down on the right hand of God, forgave you all your sins, they didn't do you a bit of good because you didn't pray about it. You can go to hell with the promise of God in that book. Now, most Christians, that's all they ever get is being born again. But you and I have learned there's more in there. So here's my number one point. You're seeing a lot of stuff going on in your family. Oh, Lord, help them. Why don't you find Scripture that promises you from God all of my children will be taught of the Lord 
Great is the peace of my children. When are you going to get your Bible out and learn to read it to God in prayer? Heavenly Father. So, Jared, da, so Daniel is going to God in supplication, prayer, and fasting and reading the Bible to God. God, what are we doing here? God is up there, though God can't move unless someone brings the promise to him. All right, I'm going to throw another one at you. This is going to blow your mind. God promised to bring Jesus into the earth, born in the major. Amen, Christmas. Why is Anna in the temple praying him in? Because somebody needed to pray him in. Oh, boy, I mean, y'all just uh, glory to God. Book of Acts. Don't go there. They went to God. They read Psalm 2 to God. You said in the word of God, why do the nations rage and people plot vain things? Sound a lot like today. You said, you said, you said. Now pour out your spirit. Signs and wonders are done. And the Bible says the building was shaken and they left and went out and started laying hands on the sick and people were being healed. But it started in a prayer meeting where the power of God fell because they opened the Bible and took the word to God and said, make it good. Amen. That is what prayer is. It's not hours of praying, but it might take you hours based on all the craziness that's happening around you. But without prayer, Mary Friends said prayer is the track you run on. No prayer, no track, you're stuck. I'm motivating you. I'm not just teaching you. I'm, I want to motivate you to go home and go, by God, amen. <laughs> I'm, about a, I'm about a sick and tired of being this mess, and it's stopping. Every kid I got's going to get in church, get on fire for God, and I'm going to pray him out of hell and bring him in the kingdom of God, and I don't care what the devil says, they're coming in. Woo. Well, I'm hoping so. Won't work. Did I break my glasses? I did. Nothing lasts long around me, and the glasses don't do so good. All right. Now, I got, I, got to, I got to use these to read the little words. Go to, go to Daniel 10 now. 10, or is it 920? I don't know. Hold on, 920. Lisa, go get me a pair of glasses. Oh, they're broke. They're thoroughly broke. They're thoroughly broke, unless you have super glue in your pocket. Huh? <laughs> Darling, I wear paint shirts, and that's about it. I can mash it until, yeah, I can. Just don't smack them. Okay, hold on a minute. I got to, I got to, got to, got to. I, I don't, I can read the words, but I don't like to. I know that sounds chancy. 10-1. 
In the third year, Cyrus, king of Persia, message was revealed to Daniel, whose name was called Belshazzar. The message was true, and the appointed time was long, and he understood the message and understood the vision. In those days, I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Now, I'm going to talk to you now and see if I can explain a little bit to you about fasting. And I'm going to get into another scripture in a minute about fasting, but let me explain to you. Fasting does not mean you have to get hungry to get God to hear you. That's not what it means. Fasting is for you to turn the world off, put the word first, and feed on the word and spend time with God so that your spirit becomes sensitive to God. See, you can fast television. You can fast phones. You ought to fast the phone. You can fast a lot of stuff. Whatever's hindering you from hearing from God and spending time with God, fast it. Now, I'm going to tell you about a fast that I'm on right now. I'm on a fast for the next 28 days. I'm reading one chapter in John G. Lake every day. I'm reading chapter in my Bible every day, and I'm praying in the Holy Ghost an hour every day. It's a fast I've put myself on. What that means is there are things I'm not going to be able to do in order to accomplish what I'm doing. And what I found is that my, my sensitivity to God has increased from the time I'm spending in his presence and turning the world off. Does that make sense? Okay, so fasting is for you. When it says, I ate no pleasant bread or whatever, you're not just going hungry. You're just setting, you're just going, you know what? God doesn't mind. There's, we have a normal life. You have to wash dishes. You got to do clothes. You got you to go to work. You, you have to do it. But some, sometimes you just go, this week, I'm just going to spend time with God. So when I come home, when, when Lisa and I were married and and, and and I knew that God was calling me to do something other than lay concrete block. I told her, I said, when I come home every day and I eat dinner, and I ate dinner, and, and um, at that time I, I loved food so much that I never fasted food. And so I would go off in Joshua's bedroom and spend the evening praying in the Spirit. And I set myself apart to spend time with God and to pray out His will. There's a lot of things that don't happen unless you get in there and pray it through. Now, remember what I said about the old line Pentecost. They'd get up in the altar and they'd try to pray through to get filled with the Holy Ghost. Brother Hagin would say, get filled and then pray through. When we took altars out of churches and people quit praying through is when we started having a lot of messes in the church. And a real, the American church is not real deep. Thank you all for y'all's great enthusiasm. If we ever got back into having church services where people got up in the altar and just spent time alone with God, it would fix a lot of messes. Okay. I want to finish reading this. I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. In other words, he's, verse 3, I ate no pleasant bread, no meat or wine came in my mouth, 
nor did I anoint myself at all. Three whole weeks were finished. He had a 21-day fast, and he's going to God, and he's taking what he found in the Bible, and he's taking it before God. On the 24th day of the first month, I was by the side of the great river. I lifted my eyes and looked, and a certain man clothed in linen, whose waist was girded with gold. His body was like barrel, his face like the appearance of lightning, etc., etc. Et in verse 7, I, Daniel, was alone in the vision. The men who were with me did not see the vision, but great terror fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. And I was left alone when I saw this great vision, and no strength remained in me. He fell out in the power, and the vigor was turned to frailty, and I restrained no strength. And I heard someone, the words, I heard the sound of his words. It was a deep sleep on my face, on my face in the ground. And a hand touched me and made me tremble on my knees and the palms of my hands. And he said, O Daniel, greatly beloved, understand the words I speak to you. Stand upright. I have been sent. While he was speaking this word to me, I understood trembling. He said, Do not fear, for the first day you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Now, what I'm about to read, pay attention. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And Michael, the chief prince, came to help me and, and left me alone. And I have come to make you understand what will happen to your people. In other words, it took 21 days for the answer to come through. Now, hold on a minute. We're not talking about what Jesus did on the cross. He already died for you. You don't have to pray 21 days to get born again. You don't have to pray 21 days to get filled with the Holy Ghost. You don't have to pray 21 days to get healed. But you're in a world, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I want you to understand, every, this is not to scare you, but there's demons everywhere. And they will hinder you if you let them. They talk to you. They talk to your head. They try to discourage you. They try to get you out of church, get you out of the Word of God, get you mad at people. They condemn you to you. They condemn others to you. And to the degree you yield to them, then they'll screw your life up if you'll listen and let them do it. But you can resist them. And in order to walk with God, you need to spend time with God in order to deal with the demonic forces around you and your family. You're going to have to deal with it in prayer in the name of Jesus. You're going to have to drive it off. And I'm going to stop right there and just let you think about that for a minute. Now, let, let, let me give you a warning. I don't want you to walk around looking like you're in a fight all the time. I'm sad. I'm in a battle with the devil. Remember, the weapons of your warfare are not carnal. They're mighty. They're mighty. They're mighty. Well, let me explain to you how that looks, how that looks. There's times you're walking around happy. I love the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I'm just going to pray about my family. I'm just going to pray about my kids right now, and I surround them with faith and love. And by the way, I don't mind. And you're able to pray like that for 15, 20, 30 minutes. What am I doing? Don't look at me in that tone of voice. You know, if you've never, if that, if that messes you up, you're messed up. If you did not understand what I just did, you are in the right church tonight. You know, there's times you just sit around and you're depressed. Did it ever dawn on you that you are in a spiritual battle right now? And instead of sitting there and going, I just don't know why, Lord, 
Well, shut up, Satan, in Jesus' name. Shut up, then, the bride. I had a bonnet, the bride, the day, the mile. How did they brother day to see that I blame? I'm dead, blame, I'm dead. None day, blame, dead, blame, dead, blame, blame. And a little voice going, What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? Shut up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Shut up, what are you doing? What are you doing? Shut up, I'm praying. I'll have a day, I'm dead, I'm dead. Listen, don't sit there in a battle. Don't sit there in that mess. Get up and drive darkness off. Drive it off of And when you get the victory, then go. And by the way, get off my kids now. I plead the blood over them. I plead the blood. You can't have my kids. They don't belong to you. I plead the blood over them. Now, see, why do you think it says praying in tongues builds you up? Because sometimes you're wimpy. Now, I, John, John Bevere did a thing on Superman. And I'm, I'm going to give you an analogy. Superman, you could whip him if you could get him in a room with kryptonite. You could beat him up. As a matter of fact, Diane Benilla could beat up Clark Kent. If Diane and Catherine could lure him in the room with some kryptonite, baby, they could both jump on him and just beat him up. Not a thing he could do about it. So what do you think Satan does to you? He knows the greater one's in you. He knows that the, that the Holy Spirit's in you. So he just kind of pull you off and go, why don't you just kind of play around over here a little bit and get some sin going. And the next thing you know, you're under condemnation and you're sitting there like this, Superman with your cape. I spoke to the devil and nothing happened. And the devil's going, and ain't nothing going to happen either, Superboy. Until you rise up and go, Father, you said in 1 John 1, 9, if I confess my sins, you're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins and cleanse me from unrighteousness. Now I receive it in the name of Jesus, and I renounce sin, and now I'm going to pray in the Spirit. dun 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 all right, are y'all out there? I should have got that song tonight. That would have been apropos, would it not? You and I have a, a, the ability to go in the throne of God and get anything. But there is somebody don't want you in there. So, don't you have more work to do today? I mean, don't you see how much work there is? You can't go home now. You have, your family's relying on you. to. You can't work eight hours. You got to work 12. And then when you're tired, Listen, don't go to church. You deserve a break today at Daytona. Oh, come on, baby. You need to go to the beach. You just need, you just need the beach. And it isn't long. You're weak as water. Prayer life shot. Bible reading shot. Come on. 
Brother Hagin said, I spend 90% of my time praying in the Spirit. You know why? Because we don't know how to pray as we ought to. There are times when I'm in a fight, and I don't want to tell you about some of them because it'll depress you. And I'll tell you about one of them. We came to our log cabin one day, and a hurricane happened, and every wall leaked. The oak floors were destroyed. Joshua's car blew up. Justin's car blew up. The finances of the church were in the red. I was sick and Lisa was sick, and that's only a few of the things we were dealing with. And you know what I felt like? A thousand pounds of sin on a popsicle stick. I was depressed, laying in my bed and can't sleep. Now, I know none of y'all have ever been there. You're laying in an $850,000 house and water's running down the inside of the walls, and you're going, crap. We just put a half a million dollars in this house, and the whole thing leaks. The oak floor is buckling. Are y'all out there? You go home. You know what I did? Got up and went in the, in the living room, started praying in tongues. What else is there? Someone said, the pastor, you're a mighty man of prayer. It was forced on me, Robert. I did not do it voluntarily, but I couldn't sleep, and I couldn't eat, and I was miserable. And so I prayed, and an hour later, I was still miserable. So I prayed another hour, and then I prayed another hour. What else is there to do? And I told the devil, I said, if one thing happened, I would know, I would think it was me. But all of this, it has to be that you are trying to kill me. And there must be a reason you are trying to kill me, which means I must be valuable. So I started counting it all joy while the hurricane was coming through the walls. Did it all turn around? Yeah, and I don't have time to get into it, but someone loaned us the money. We got out of there. God turned around. Blah, 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 blah. He delivers you from all your stupidity and all the stuff you did wrong and all the stuff you did. He just, but listen, listen. Just pray in the Spirit. Just pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. Pray in the Spirit. I told Lisa one day, I said, I have no idea how anybody makes it that don't pray in tongues. I'm having a hard time, and I do. How are you doing? How are y'all doing this? How am I doing, Barbara? Yeah. But let's come back to this. Let's quit pretending that there's no, there's not a problem. Yeah, there is. We're not pretending there's not a devil, but we are going to believe that the greater one's in us, and we are going to do something about this. Now, that means that we are going to get a prayer life, and, and that means that there are things that don't get handled in prayer in maybe a week. It took me several months to get through the, the cabin leaking and the door, floors buckling 
and the cars blown up. It took me months of praying. I went through a divorce. That took me months. I mean, it was like every time I walked in my house, I was confronted with demons from hell. I know none of y'all know anything I'm talking about. I know that y'all don't know a thing I'm talking about. You, have, you, have you ever just felt hell on you? Doubt, unbelief, discouragement, that's hell on you. There's only one way to get off. Jesus in the wilderness, tempted to commit suicide, tempted to jump off a building. Real temptation, quoting the word of God. And what was he doing out there? He spent 40 days praying. Why 40 days? Because that's what it takes to go from being full of the spirit to full of power. It ain't a one-hour prayer meeting, darling. It's going to take you some time to pray that out. Don't shout me down. And I'm going to use a word here. Don't get mad at me. You're going to get over being lazy, spiritually lazy. Now you say, I know a lot. I don't care how much you know. Satan don't care how much you know. I don't care how many CDs you've listened to and how many books you've read by Brother Hagin. If you don't have a prayer life, forget it. The church in America is in a bad shape. And the reason is the lack of prayer. We're waiting on Trump to get, just get back in office. Well, the politicians started it. I want him back too. But if you got the faith to pray them back, you got the faith to use your faith and then pray a whole lot more of them back. And then when you get through with that, pray some preachers out of churches and some preachers back in the pulpits and pray the preachers back into the will of God, preaching the word of God, and then pray your family back into those churches to hear the word of God and the nation back into churches to where they can hear the word of God and they're not all going to hell around us. All right, I'm being led by God to share a story that's in my book, but I'm, I, and, and, you know, now I know Barbara could preach it as good as me, but anyway, when I was in Tulsa, you know, you, when you graduate from Bible school, you, you, you have people like Kenneth Copeland coming, and they're preaching all about how God gave them an airplane and how God got them out of debt and how, you know, and all, I mean, you're just, you, yeah. I just can't wait to be in ministry. So one day I'm praying, God, where's my ministry? He said, well, your boss is not saved. And I said, so? I mean, that's like, I'm at, God, I went to Rama. Wake up, God. Hold on. I'm not talking about Jan. Talking about ministry. God, ministry. Where do you want me to go? I mean, I know there's a platform in, 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 in Africa with 50,000 people ready for me. To do what? Preach. Write some books. Make some money, fly some airplanes, be a preacher, be a big preacher. Yeah, but your boss is going to hell. I know, but 
Don't worry about it right now. It's a true story. I'm sad it's true. It's, I'm sad that I was that dumb. But I'm preaching it to you for a reason. And we all have a spirit of dumb sometimes. So he said to me, he says, well, until Jan gets saved, don't talk to me about your ministry. I went, that's not right. Jan, her name was Jan Henderson. She was adopted by Italians. My God, have you ever worked for a hot-headed woman who is insecure around men and have something to prove? And I just stayed out of that office as much as I could, and I avoided that lady like the plague. I saw her coming, and I went the other way. And now God wants me to pray about her soul. Well, there is no God she needs to get saved. That is right. She's, but I don't think even God could help her. Until he said, don't even talk to me about ministry until she gets saved. I said, that is not right. This might take years. I gotta pray for him. I was, well, he changed my praying because I was praying all about me. Frank, I know you get this. You're not that dumb, but I was praying about me. Frank, I was praying about me. The hell with Jan, but me. And I left there and went back in that prayer meeting, and I said, God, and I started praying for Jan. I prayed for several days. One day I'm in there praying over Jan. I'm surrounding her with faith and love and praying the prayers of Ephesians over Jan in the name of Jesus. And Jan, I call you out of darkness and the light. And the Lord said, ask me to get her to church. And I thought, well, that's a, just get her to church. Ask me to ask you to get her to church. You're God. I mean, you're asking me to ask you. You know, he'll teach you something if you'll listen. Yep. I said, okay, get her to church. And I got up and walked back in the office, and Jan looked at me and went, where do you go to church? And I said, I bowed my head, and I said, God, if you answer all my prayers that fast, you and I will have a real good relationship. <laughs> I said, I go to Grace Fellowship. She says, what time of service? She says, oh, yes. The next Sunday, her and her husband went to church. She did not get saved. I'm sitting there during Bible. I don't know what he preached, but he gave an altar call, and I'm watching her. She's just, get up. Go up front and pray with that man. And she walked out and went home, and I went, no, no, Jan, no. Another week in prayer. Third week. I didn't even go in the church service third week. I stayed in the prayer room. I prayed in tongues for that lady the whole service. And she got born again. Glory to God. So I went to God. I said, Jan got saved. He said, her husband's not. And I went, I, I said, I said, Okay, okay. I know how this is about to go. And I ain't waiting three weeks on him, and I ain't waiting on Bobby Andy. And 
I grabbed my Bible and I walked in the clubhouse where Scott was and I said, have you ever considered getting born again and giving your heart to Jesus? And he said, yes. I said, open up my Bible to John 3, 16 and Romans 10, 9 and 10. I said, you're keeping me in Tulsa. Let's get saved. Scott got born again right there. I ain't waiting on by. I ain't waiting anymore. You're getting born again, buddy. So that night, and celebrating the two of them getting saved, they invited me over to dinner, and they brought a guy named Ron with them, a used car salesman. And, I, and he's, I got him born again at the dinner. I mean, by God, if you got, I mean, by God, you get saved, you get saved. You, I mean, everybody gets saved. He's the one that taught me how to buy a car off a showroom floor for only 500 over call. And that was a blessing from God. I drove out of there with a brand-new Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme. Anyway. The Lord said, I want you to go to Orlando. And then he said this to me, ministry's not a place. Ministry's people. Everywhere you go. Ministry, don't ask me about a place. Don't ask me about a pulpit. Ask me about people. Well, I'm a Christian. This is about people. You're sitting here tonight, and your Christianity it's based on what are you doing with what you know. And how many people are going to make it to heaven because of you? Does that mean that you have to get a 1,000? No. It just means that you have a Jan. And Jan has a husband. Are you all out there? Did you go home? Okay. We'll get into this a whole lot more in a couple more weeks on Sunday, on Pentecost Sunday. Hallelujah. Mm. Oh, I got, I got 11 minutes, 27 seconds. James 4, 5. Go to James 4. I got a bunch of stuff. I got a bunch of stuff. James 4. Let me show you this. I'm going to tell you a story I know in my heart I'm supposed to tell you this story. It's going to get kind of personal with me for a moment here. About my past, James 4. James, hold it a minute. I said 4 or 5. Um, James. No, go to go to 5. Go to 5, 16. Confess your trespass one to another. Pray for one another. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. What kind of prayer? Okay. Now, you can ask the ladies in here, if you don't know how to pray like this, come to Monday night prayer and let them teach you. But don't get in their way. Because when they start praying, don't get in their way. Just, if, if, it's, if you scares you, go to the back, watch them. Stay close to the door where you can run. Because they'll start saying things in prayer and doing things that the average person, you've never seen them do in prayer. How am I doing, Barbara? I mean, you know, when, when, you're in, when you're in prayer meeting and you're starting to draw circles. People are going, what are they doing? And then you start groaning. Aah! 
We've had people get up and just out the door. The heartfelt, put that in Amplified up. Put that in Amplified up. That's what it is. The effective, fervent prayer of a man in right standing with God makes tremendous power available. There's a prayer in the spirit where you don't even use words anymore. Jesus at Lazarus' tomb said he groaned within himself. What is he doing? He's producing power. See, if, you're, if you run around with non-Pentecostals, we lost you. That's why they don't have miracles. There's something about that prayer life where you're, where you're over there in the spirit and next thing you know, you can feel what they feel. You, they're lost and you, you scream and I'm lost and you're not. I was sitting in a church service in Tulsa in the second row right there where Diane, this is where I sat every Sunday morning in Buddy Harrison's church. And at the end of the service, I always felt like I was going to hell. And I began to, and I tried to, I prayed, but I kept it down. I didn't make a scene. And, and I would be praying. And the next thing you know, an alcoholic in the back would get up. See, you can be in there interceding, taking the place of another man during a church service. And if you don't really, see, you think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Nothing. Just keep obeying God. That's why sometimes you feel depressed and you're not. Just go ahead and pray it out. Say, okay, Heavenly Father, I don't know who I'm praying for, but I'm going to pray this out. Yes, yes. So, so I told you I'm going to tell you a story. When, when I was married the first time and marriage wasn't doing real good, a lady came over to my house one day and she made a statement. She said, the Lord told me to come over and pray for you and pray with you. I said, okay, let's pray. She went off into Ashley and Che's bedroom and started praying in the Spirit. I'm in the living room praying in the Spirit. The whole time I'm praying in the Spirit, Someone is screaming at me to stop. You ever pray in the spirit and have, have a, a spirit tell you to stop? Don't you have something else to do? Stop. You, stop it. What are you doing? You just stop. I mean, all this time I'm hearing, don't do this. But I'm in the living room praying in the Holy Ghost. And I'm praying. First of all, you'll start off in Shandai, Shandai, tie my bow tie. You know what I'm talking about? Well, you're just saying, I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Some of y'all have never been past, I love you, Jesus. But anyway, then you get over into where you're now, the Holy Spirit has, you know, like on a bicycle, and you hit the chain. Boom! You hook. And you know. The Holy Ghost is hooked, and you're no longer and you're like and now you don't know what language you, you don't know what nationality you in, Chinese or American Indian, you don't know what you're doing. You get you're over there. And I'm praying like that, and, and, I'm, and I know I'm in my living room with my finger up in the sky. And I looked up in the back of the living room, and there was this thing in my living room, eight feet tall, black chiffon with red eyes. And the Holy Spirit said, Principality. 
my first wife was not living right. That's all I'm going to say. All of a sudden, I'm looking at this thing, and I am—I don't know whether I'm talking to it or I'm just confessing, but the Lord allowed me to see in the spirit realm of what I had been dealing with in my house for months and allowing to go on because all of my praying was a bunch of whining. Help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. Don't you care? I'm going through trouble. I'm being honest with you. I'm telling you a little bit of my life right now. All of a sudden, I'm going, and I could see wind hitting it. And the harder I prayed and the louder I prayed, I mean, see, see, I try to tell the people, and, and it went Sunday night, and they got a little mad at me. They all got real quiet, and this got real religious, and I just kind of want to slap everybody in the building. Because, because let me tell you, they lifted their voice. They lifted their voice. They lifted, you got to lift your voice. And I'm all of a sudden, see, I can't, I don't always see demons, but I, by God, they're there. And all of a sudden, I'm praying in tongues, and I'm pointing at it, and it is, it, and I can hear it now telling me to shut up. And it, the wind is so loud, it's like a hurricane. I, I got to where I couldn't even hear it talking anymore. And I am like, and the lady in the back, she's like crazy. I mean, she's praying in tongues. She's going crazy, too. And all of a sudden, this thing goes, and it left the building, left my house. Is this the end of my service? Okay. All right, let's. That thing left. And I saw it when it left, and I started laughing in the Holy Ghost. Now, let me tell you something. I was in a fight. Now, now, I've never seen another demon again, but I know when they're there. Now, I'm going to tell a little bit on me, and I want you all to help me. If you ever hear me come to church and I'm mad, stretch your hand out toward me and pray, because we have a demon in the building. I have noticed that I pick it up. I pick it up in my spirit. I hear them taunting. That's not true. And I'll usually speak to it, and you'll think I'm talking to you. <laughs> you sounded mad today. I was. I had to learn. Don't walk in here and preach without dealing with them. Don't let them, don't let them come in. You bring your devils. They have to go while I'm preaching. It took me a while to learn this, but they want to tear up a church service. When you have strife and division in the church, you have demons. Don't yield to them. You might love Jesus, but you're dumb. You're yielding to devils. And you brought them in with you, and now you're sitting around mad at somebody. And God might have to cast you out with the devil until you get right with God. Are y'all out there or did y'all go home? Okay, listen to me. We're talking about praying through. Now, you, you can't turn this into, I'm going to fight devils all of my life. But I'm telling you that when you are praying and worshiping God and enjoying Jesus, if you start feeling this, 
you know, the motorcycle. You're like, oh, something about to go down in this place in just a moment. We're mixing to have a prayer meeting by God. And there's times you'll start feeling what they feel and you'll start weeping. And you sit around and go, what is wrong with them? I mean, they're, they're crying their eyes out. It's the craziest church I've ever been in my life. People just sit in a chair and cry. They're interceding for someone who's hurting. I had a girl walked into Tom's church one day. Whew. She came up for prayer. I walked up and stood in front of her and God said, put your arm around her. I'm going to hold her. And I did, and I began to weep, and I went, what's wrong, God? In the service, she looked at me, she said, I got raped last night in the parking lot. All God wanted somebody to do is hold her. But see, I picked it up. When I walked by her, I, all of a sudden, I'm just a mush. I'm just like, I'm just weeping and crying. And I have no earthly idea what's wrong with this girl. But see, you can walk in the spirit. You're going you're gonna to experience some things. Okay, I'm out of time. I ain't out of sermon, but I'm out of time. Say, I'm ready to learn to pray. I want you to just to begin tonight when you get home. Just sit down and say, you said in Romans 8. I didn't get to Romans 8. But I don't know how to pray as I ought to. I'm praying in the spirit. Just sit and worship God and pray in the spirit. If he leads you somewhere, go with him. Don't try to make what I went through happen. You can't have a baby if you're not pregnant. I don't care how much you push, nothing's coming out. You ain't even got a baby in you. Okay, y'all understand that. There is a, there's a place in the spirit where you give birth to things, and you'll give birth to people being born again. You can actually birth people into the kingdom of God through prayer. But Barbara's it good to say, and Betty, it's kind of like dancing. Let him lead. Let him lead. You'll find yourself singing, and that will be apropos. Just sing. He wants to sing, we sing. But you're going to find out that when he starts singing, he's fixing to take you someplace else. Some prayers I've been interceded for like five minutes, and that's all he needed. Others, it took five months. Can't tell you all that. We don't have enough time tonight to go into all of that. But I'm going to tell you this. This church right here, we're going back to old-fashioned prayer meetings. We come into church, and there may be times on Sunday morning where we just get in here and have a worship service, and I say, hey, stand up, let's pray. Let's just all pray. Pray over our nation. Right now, there's a war going on in City Hall. They need prayer. City needs prayer. Kids need prayer. Your kids need prayer. I'm going to close with praying for you. I want you to agree with what I'm going to say. Father God, I didn't come here tonight to impress anybody with my knowledge. I'm not interested in whether they're impressed with me or not. I am interested in every person in the sound of my voice learning the art of prayer. There's an art, like Daniel prayed, like Paul prayed. And I remind them in this prayer that Paul 
in a, in a storm, went to the belly of a, the, the boat and prayed. He didn't pray a few minutes. He prayed a while. He prayed a while. He didn't get the victory quick. It took him a while. But Satan doing everything in his power to kill him out there on that ocean, and he had to pray. You knew he was there, but he had to talk. I pray that we walk out of here tonight with a revelation that there is too much going on because we have not done what you ask us to do. And, and all of us are guilty. We've all been guilty of this. Everybody in this room, we've been guilty of times of being too busy and laying stuff aside. But I'm going to ask you to, to, to birth in us tonight a great desire to pray and learn how to how to flow with you in the Holy Ghost. Praying in the Spirit, learning to use battle words, learning to pray through situations. And we say this with our mouth, we will not allow the devil to rule in our lives and our homes anymore. I will take it to prayer. Father God, teach me how to pray. Jesus' name. Now, I believe this is the first thing God is going to do in this church right here to begin turning it where he wants it to go. And I don't think it's going to happen because me and Barbara and Betty and, and, and you know, a few ladies. We're not laying it all on the ladies. They've done their job. They're doing their job. But that's coming out from the prayer meeting into the whole building. Dr. Paul Youngie Cho built his whole church of a million people on prayer. He averaged like two, three hours every day. He actually uses a list, prays for his children. I pray over Lisa. I pray the prayers of Ephesians over my wife. I pray them over you. I pray them over my children. I pray the word of God over them, over you. I, I don't always, I do a sort of a list. Pray over my kids and grandkids. I surround you with faith and love. I prayed before I came out tonight. Father God, use me to stir them. It does no good for you to walk out and say that was good. You're not a doer of the word of God. You wasted your time. I want you to, if, if it's not easy for you to pray a while, cut it up. Cut the pie up. Pray 10 minutes. Read your Bible a while, go do it, come back, pray 10 minutes. Get yourself, if, you haven't, if you're not accustomed to, to, to walking, don't take off 20 miles tomorrow. Just walk a mile and come home. Start. Start. Amen. Everybody good? Well, Barbara, we're fixing to poke that lady right next to you, the one in the blue shirt, and ask her, say, how are you doing over there, lady? To your right. What's it? Just poke. You know, I, I almost don't want to tell you about my past life. I don't. I don't like you having a bad image of people. And I, there's some things I'd like to preach on and let you know. People said to me one time, I said, you don't know what I'm going through. I said, sweetheart, 
I've been through more hell than you ever dreamed in your entire life. I know what you're going through. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this message by Word of Life Church. We just wanted to let you know there's a lot more content on our website at wolapopka.com. From our YouTube channel, to our podcast, to our SoundCloud, and many more events. We also wanted to let you know that we love giving you these messages. And it helps us too that if you would love to give to the what we're doing, it helps keep all these messages free. You can just simply go to our website and click the big give now button. Or you can text 407-955-5345. And remember, our pastor's vision is this. We grow Christians. So we thank you for listening and we'll see you next time.